You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. You're angry. Yes. You're angry today. It's all right. Why are you so angry today? It's because okay. Go ahead and explain are, it to people. people. It's okay. Stu- because people are stupid. Why are people stupid? Because I'm closing on a house in a couple of, well, a couple of days now. And nobody can math. Like, <laughs> mathing is not something that... Mathing is not something that people can do. Apparently. Don't you understand that the entire industry of the this whole industry is built upon how they can try to get a little bit of extra out of you by trying to confuse you with everything that they're doing during the closing of the house. Everybody, they try to rip everybody off. Well, yes. After I finished on this house, I remember after I finished on this house, I thought I had everything right and everything was perfect. And when I went for the refinance right away, someone was like, oh yeah, they totally screwed you on this. And, and like when he was going over the thing, like five, six years later. And I was like, I was like, what? And, and because because it was somebody else looking at it going, oh, yeah, that's an old trick that they do. They squeeze an extra they squeeze an extra 600 bucks out of you. They hit it right here. That's what they do. So it's, yes, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I need a drink. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> You're in the right place. I've never actually podcasted <laughs> drunk before, but I'm thinking this is probably a good start as any. I am also angry, Chris, because so I went to a family party over the weekend. Okay? Oh, yeah, you, you were fired up. You sent me a... You sent me a, a, a like an impassioned text, like quickly, give me some ammunition here because of this argument I'm having with White Sox fans. So once again, I find myself at a party. Well, I don't find myself at parties often, but when I do, I seem to always find myself at parties with old, angry, ill-advised, ill-informed White Sox fans. All right. So what happened? Well. So, long story, short story long, I get into an argument with, you know, a couple of my cousins who are much, much older than me, and they're all drinking and being angry, and they weren't typing anything, but I'm pretty sure if they were typing, they wouldn't use any punctuation, about how we got screwed, Chris. Maybe you didn't know this. We got screwed in the Chris Sale trade. And because, how do we get how do we get screwed in that trade? Because we traded according to, you know, a, a, according to the throng of people that I was arguing with. We did not get enough for Chris Sale. We only got prospects for Chris Sale. We did not get any major league ready players for Chris Sale. You just traded away the best pitcher in baseball and we got nothing for him. What did they think we were supposed to get for Chris Sale? They wanted a major league ready player, Chris. We didn't get enough for Chris Sale. Okay. Now forget the fact. Now I so I know what you're gonna say. Well, I know what you're gonna say because because we've talked because we've talked about this. This is what I was told. Give me some ammunition, and I fired it off like I was doing something else, and I just was like, send. And Eric is like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I just needed to answer a a question for Dave." It took me a few seconds to remember what we got for Chris Sale off the top of my head. So we got. Yoan Mankata, the the best prospect in base, not the best prospect in the White Sox farm system, but the number one prospect in all major league baseball. That's who we acquired, okay? yes. That's who we acquired, who is still only in, who apparently everybody has already considered a bust. Even though he's only played a 162 six, games. 600 at bats. 600 at bats. He's a bust. And 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 he he mirrors 
uh, Rizzo when he first came. I, I you yes. always use Cubs things because it, just because of the fact that we're in the same town. Right. And people watch the Cubs do their rebuild in recent history and what the result of it was. So that's why I, a lot of times I'll go back to what a Cubs player did because it's the easiest reference, I think, for people, even if you're a casual fan, because you're inundated in this in this city with, with Cubs speak. You it, see, it, the, the, the but, press but loves here, the Cubs. The, the North Side loves the Cubs. The rich people love the Cubs. Yeah, but you know who doesn't love the Cubs? Cubs? I don't. Well, no, but you know who else doesn't love the Cubs? <laughs> Angry, old, ill-informed, ill-advised White Sox fans. I, I, who, I makes that, who, who exactly I was talking to. So, so you can't bring up Cubs statistics because then, if you start as soon as you as soon as you bring the Cubs into the conversation, now you're not a true White Sox fan because you know something about the Cubs. Now, yeah. How you know those stats about those North Siders there, guy? You, know, you go back to the North Side. You go back to the North with Side. You dance, you dance around with the fruity drink and an umbrella and, 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 and next to your straw. And, and you you go you go watch your team up there, you jag. Like, I mean, seriously, but you're right. So, so, so we got Mankata, okay, best prospect best in baseball. Best prospect in baseball. Only 600 at-bats, okay, which still has comparable stats to... Uh, Baez, who I've seen comparisons. Baez, and he's also has comparable stats, stats to, to what Rizzo, well, Rizzo like was doing. Okay, exactly. fine. Two so very we got players. so we got another top ten, actually one of the top pitching prospects in baseball by the name of Nuke Lelouch. Okay. Okay. I, I call him. Yeah, I call, yeah. Michael to clarify, Kopech. I call. I one. call. I call Michael Kopech Nukelelouch. So any of you, any of you old baseball fans who like have seen the movie Bull Durham. Okay, Michael Kopech is Nukelelouch. He's this really tall, supposedly really good-looking gentleman. I don't know what a good-looking gentleman looks like because you know, hey, I don't, I don't, I, I'm married. I like women. That's fine. I'm in love with him. Okay, he has. I'm married. And I love. I'm in love with him. He 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 shows up. I tap he show he shows up to training camp in a Porsche. I'm just waiting. To hear him talk about his quadraphonic blah punk, okay, um, and he has no and he has no pitch other than a hundred mile hour fastball. Right. Okay. No, 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 he's no, no. He is Nuke Lelouch. No, I am waiting. I am I, waiting to. See, I am I'm waiting to see him show. You, I am waiting to see him show up pitching in a garter belt one of these days. Listen, he actually has developed some pitches. I, I'm starting to come around to the idea now that Michael Kopech, who the, to go back to your original point, what did we get in the Chris Sale trade? Okay. You got the number one prospect in baseball, and you got a guy who started this season as the number ten prospect according to MLB Pipeline. Yes. Okay. So you right there. That's. Two incredible pieces that, I mean, would make that trade amazing. And let's not forget, you got two other players in that. You got Victor Diaz and you got Luis Basabi. Basabi, Basabi is tearing the cover the up. star Bas- of, the, of the Futures game. Basabi is tearing the cover off the ball in the minors right now. I don't know what that you're going to get. That's go- I mean, I don't know what else you would have wanted when you're making a move that's specifically for a rebuild and for the future and for tearing it down to bring it back up with a lot of different pieces because not all prospects pan out. I don't know what else you could possibly want. Now, is the Quintana for Eloy and Dylan Cease going to actually go down to be the best trade that Rickon's ever made? I think it's so. It's quite possible. I think so. But again, this is all speculation, but getting angry about it makes no sense. Now, going back to your point about Kopech, Kopech has actually developed some pitches. Okay. And I've been watching this. Now, he's added to the arsenal. This is one of the reasons why he was down there, is to add to the arsenal. Recently, in the last couple of podcasts, I said, oh, I'd love to have him come up as like a relief pitcher. I would have no problem now if they brought him up as a starter. I'd actually like to see him on September call-ups. I've come around the idea that I would like to see Michael Kopech come up for September call-ups because 
Pitchers have all kinds of little issues. Pitchers come up and go down and everything else like that. I'm not concerned about his service time because over the next couple of years, there's a good chance he actually goes down to the minors to work something up and comes back up again, which would pause his service time and bring him back up. More likely with players when service time happens, the guy's up, the guy's up. Okay? Right. So, Kopech, I'm totally in for bringing him in. So, anyway, the the argument continued, and, and these people were just adamant that we should have gotten a major league ready play, like a, a, a guy who was ready to play in the major leagues and contribute right then and there. The closest thing to a major league ready player, though, was Moncada. Moncada right. had literally been up already well, playing for the Red Sox, well, and the only reason we kept him down was not only for some service time reasons, but also so that we could sit there and say, let's make sure that he's ready we feel like the Red Sox rushed him. We're not going to benefit from him being up. He benefits more from going back down the AAA and working some things out. Right, but here's the problem, though. These people who they want to win. Now. I was arguing. Well, these people whom I was arguing with do not see Moncada as a major league ready player. We said it. It was a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. We saw something on Facebook. Double A player at best was what one guy said. Uh, some okay? people are nuts. Some they see don't, some what they don't see. Get what they're looking what at. they see. What they see is they see the low average. Okay, that's number one that they're seeing, and they're seeing the high strikeouts. Now, we've explained this using science, using Jason Benetti's tweet uh, a couple of weeks ago about how Mankata strikes out looking on a lot of pitches that are outside of the of the zone. He is either number one or number two in baseball in this statistic at this time. And we've already talked about how once he starts to get the respect of the umpires, you're going to see the strikeouts go down, you're going to see the walks go up, you're going to see the on-base percentage go up, and you're going to see the batting average go up. Okay, But again, these these people don't see that. And you're right. They want to win now. I can get I can get the idea that some people are frustrated with Moncada. I think when you I think when you look at what his actual when you look at his stats, you, you sometimes will sit there and say, What what is going on with this guy? I, I, I understand. I know we all want him to to just come up and just excel and be amazing and, and, and that's what you want. But but generally you get to the majors, you're not a finished product even when you get to the majors. You still have things that you have to work out when you get here. You still have to get here now and you're dealing with major league pitchers, guys that have been playing forever. There, there, there is there is more experience on the mound facing you. They do a better job of breaking down film. They learn your tendencies. They adjust to you. You have to learn to adjust back to them. Every rookie that's ever come up into the major leagues has gone through an adjustment period. Every single one of them. And I would, I would, I would dare anybody to find me somebody who just came up and was amazing and never went through a slump, never went through a rough time, never had to do any kind of adjustment I mean, in the major leagues. Even, and, e- even Mike Trout. Right. Everybody. Everybody, everybody goes through it now. I like that he seems to be working on certain things, and I see fixable things, like he should always be batting from the left side of the plate. Right. I think eventually that's what's going to end up happening. The Sox are going to say, okay, enough with its experiment. Okay, you, you, you haven't figured this out. Okay, and, and we would rather you play at the left side of the plate. Uh, last week, our guest, and if you haven't heard that podcast with Mike Riccardotti from ESPN affiliate 97.1 The Fan in Columbus, Ohio, uh, he, he's a White Sox nut. He got on. He got on a rant much like yours. Uh, this is the second week in a row that the most fired-up person on the show is not me. Well, you need a day okay? off. I, obviously, I needed a couple weeks off with you two guys, okay? But um, he, he went through, like, you could see the development. You could see different things that he's changing. You could see how he's growing. That's an exciting thing that you, you want to see. Does that mean that he's going to end up being a great player? No. But do I see more in him than I saw in Gordon Beckham, who everybody oh got up and applauded when yes. he got up here for the first time? Like, he got a standing ovation for his first at bat, and look what he turned into be. Where's, where's the soundbite of Ozzy calling him bacon? Right. Do you Mon- remember that? <laughs> Mankata is already showing me a 
better uh, ability to adjust and more growth potential than I ever saw in a guy like Gordon Beckham. So I I, I like what Moncada's doing. He's not a finished product. I'm not happy with it. If he's doing this again next year, hit the panic button. I'm not upset about it right now. Hey, we're the Lanuti Kids. And we're getting our own podcast. Growing up on a podcast. Another craft podcast coming soon from the broadcast basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at growinguponapodcast.com. Now, for those of you who are jumping on Mankata for being a bust or a double A player at best, if you're not, if you're going to bust on him, and you're not going to bust on my guy Chris's guy because I have another rant ready, okay? And and I know we always said, yell about Tim I, Anderson. I know we I know we said we shouldn't do that. Well, I don't want to do. So that you know again exactly today. where I'm going. Well, you're going to yell about the fact that he he, he, he you're going to yell about the absurdity of that extra inning game where Moncada hits the double yes. off the wall. Yes. And Anderson should have scored, and yes. he's not going 100% in, and he's watching the ball from the moment he rounds their base, he's watching the play, which is something if you were playing Little League, you'd be screaming at the kids, stop watching the play and run! And he's watching the play, takes an extra wide turn towards home plate, and he's just basically trotting and then tries to speed up at the end because he all of a sudden is going to be out. And then they try to cover for him and saying he has knee trouble. But does he have knee trouble the next couple of days? No. I don't see any indication of any knee trouble or knee pain before or after that moment. So I think the whole knee trouble thing was a cover. And I, I don't buy it, okay? No. But I, that's all that really needs to be said about that because just another thing in the list of things about Tim Anderson that make me sit there and say, I don't know if I... I I don't know if I trust this guy going forward in the future, and I've seen him up here for far longer than Mankata, and you cannot start tearing at Mankata until you are until you are done tearing at Anderson. You I would like to volunteer to be the driver of the Chicago sanitation truck that backs up on Manny Machado's lawn to dump that truckload of money. I am I am signing myself up you for that up position. Signed up for my idea please. to go to, to go. Yes, go I would get like to now. be. I would like to be the because driver. You don't have the answer at shortstop. I no. don't. I don't think you do. No. Okay. Um, now, another thing before we get to what I wanted to really talk about today, and I wanted to talk about the reason for the way that the, some of these moves, these these you've seen a few guys come up onto the Major League roster over the last couple of days, and we're all on Eloy watch. Yes. And I'm really curious as to what they're going to end up doing here with Eloy Jimenez because there are two schools of thought, and I, and I go back and forth on it all the time about what you should be doing with Eloy Jimenez. But uh, before we get to that, I do want to point out, one, I am absolutely in love now with Daniel Palka. I still see this as some ah, sort of a. I see this as some sort of a a competition between the three guys of Pelka, Davidson, and Delmonico. Three men enter, and one man is going to end up leaving when this is all said and done with this organization. In two see, years, one of them will be on the team. So you weren't on two board. of them will not be on the team. So you weren't on board with Pelka no, a few you weeks look ago. At his, you look at what he's done, and you can see with his stats, he's he's almost mirroring. Only a few points behind in batting average, uh, Garcia. And I, I think Avisail Garcia. Wow. Is he has, up that high now? His, his, his OPS is just under 800 at 781. Okay. He's slugging 500. Okay. And he's up now to 236 with the batting average. And you, you look at how, he's, how he is so clutch right now. And I love the attitude. Did you did you see the quote the other day after no, he I hits not. the bomb no, I didn't. in Tampa Bay? He comes up, I saw the bomb, but I didn't see the quote. He hits that bomb in Tampa Bay that if it was not a dome, that ball would have just kept going. 
he, he hit an area of Tampa Bay where they have this little fan area or bar where I'm sure people sit out there all the time and just laugh like, we're never getting a ball. Like, it'd be like that place where a kid shows up with a glove and people would laugh at him like, kid, nobody's hitting it here. And Daniel Pelka hit it so hard there, it would have broken that kid's hand. Okay. I mean, like that's, it was, and then they ask him afterwards, what was he thinking when he got up there? And I, I'm going to paraphrase a quote because I know I'm going to screw it up, but it was still the, the coldest damn quote that I've heard in a long time. Okay. Okay. I just went up there to go try and make contact and I made contact. Wow. <laughs> Mike dropped. And, and then he just, and then he just like smirks at the camera like a Panetti. And I'm like, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him now. It's like that moment when you're like, you're like, I don't know. I think that girl's kind of hot. And then all of a sudden you're just like, now nah, I love her. I love, her. I got, I love her. I love that girl. Like I, like I'm like, I'm, I, I'm taking her out to dinner. I'm buying her a steak. Okay. I'm, I'm getting roses for her. I'm in love. It's the middle of the show song. 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 Chris had nothing to put here. So he put this song. It's the middle of the show song. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from the Broadcast Basement. Every week we do 30 minutes of good on beer, fatherhood, and fun. But right now you're getting 30 minutes of the White Sox with Chris and Dave. It's Socks in the Basement. Now. <sighs> we need to drink. You're really fired up about buying this house. And I, you know, this is the thing. Like when we started this podcast, we sit down here at the bar on a normal night before we started this podcast. And this is what Dave's like when he gets fired up about the White Sox. Like, this is what Dave's doing. But he got in front of the podcast for the first 10 episodes or so. He was like, you know, he's trying to be professional. He's trying to make his point. He's trying to he's trying to make sure that he, like, you know, explains what he's saying. And, 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 and he wants to sound like a broadcaster. And now this is this is the Dave that I well, love. I, this, I is thought... the, this is the, I'm, the people are morons. And I, I need a drink and shut up because you don't know what you're talking about when it comes it, to the White Sox. I thought Sox. it was a nice contrast, though. Like you had the, you had the no, nice, cal- like, you had the nice calm guy, and then you had the lunatic, the I raving would like, lunatic. I would like to go back to being the calm guy. I, this is fine. You go nuts. You go nuts. <laughs> you do your thing. This is what I want. This I, is beautiful. I'm not as good. I'm not as good at Brilliant. going nuts as you are. Okay, though. listen. You make um, you 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 get paid to go nuts. I get paid to be you know the adultiest adult in the room. I want to talk about. The forty-man roster. Okay. Okay. Now I know we're all on Eloy watch. And we're all waiting, and 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 who knows? By the time you hear this, he might be up. I don't know. Okay. Bruce Levine at the time of this podcast is saying it's like any minute now. Yeah, but the problem is that there. I don't believe it. Okay. Really? I I don't believe that it, Bruce Levine is the one guy saying it, and he's not the White Sox beat reporter really anymore. He more covers the Cubs than he covers the Sox. Okay. And I it, to me it was just kind of like a weird thing that came out on Twitter, and and I. I don't believe it yet because nobody else is saying. So just to, I think he heard a rumor and he just went with it. And I just, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe it that he's coming up. So let me ask you this question. So the last time I checked, because we're like, going the to the last... game this weekend, we're gonna, we're thinking about Saturday night. Saturday night. Okay. okay. I'm thinking about hanging out. I'm hoping to get into the 108, but if not, I want to be close to the 108 because okay. I want to go see them. We'll be sporting our new uh, socks in the basement T-shirts. And if you see us at the game, come on up. We would love to say hi to whoever's a White Sox fan. But my 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 intention is to be in that area okay. in right field. Okay, and, and so that's you'll see us lingering around there. You'll see us walking around there. Uh, we're gonna bring the wives out. They'll have the shirts on too. So there should be cool. there should be at least four human beings with Socks of the Basement podcast t-shirts. And if Ron Kittle sees us at the game, he's I gonna, got one he's for gonna, Ronnie. He's gonna run the other I way. I ordered a shirt for Ronnie. If we find Ron, I got a shirt for him. See what I'm saying? I got uh, Ryan Killer's sure, shirt. Are we sure he doesn't have a restraining order against you yet? Uh, no, because he keeps flirting with me. Every time I post something, every single week, I get that little heart 
that little like thing from Ron Kittle. He just doesn't respond to me. Okay. And I feel like Ron can't talk to me. I feel like we're still waiting on the go-ahead from the White Sox organization, which I'm hoping that I get this week, where we could start talking to their players on the podcast. But I feel like Ron is like, he's like, I got to wait. I got to wait till all the brass signs off on this new podcast before I can come on the show. That's what I feel like. So let me ask you a question. Or he's a tease. I don't know. Either way, I love him. <laughs> he's yeah. So question for you then about Eloy. So last time I checked his stats, we've got 387 last time batting average. checked average. his stats, he's Babe Ruth. Yes, he's basically <laughs> Babe Ruth. 387 batting average, okay? A ridiculous over 500 a ridiculous over 500 on base percentage. A 1.129 OPS. Right. Which is Christ-like. Okay, so it's like what Christ would hit. It's what Jesus if, Christ would hit because he because Jesus Christ actually can hit a curveball, much to the <laughs> much much against the uh, the theories of one Pedro Serrano. <laughs> anyway, um, so how long do you keep him down there with those numbers? You know what? This is the thing, and 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 the whole argument is is it because people will say, "I want control." Look what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant. I want to do the same thing. I think that's what they're going to do. Then you have other people sit there and say, get him up now. It's not fair. What are you teaching these kids? Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Stop with the what are you teaching these kids, and they're going to resent the organization. This is baseball. This is common practice now. They all know what the score is. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Eloy Jimenez knows the score. Okay? Michael Kopech knows the score. They understand I'm a valuable piece that they intend to make something. I think Kopech has benefited greatly because he's starting to use some secondary pitches in a much better way now than he was using them halfway through the year or at the beginning of the year when people were like, man, I wish this guy was up. Well, he's, he's a two-pitch pitcher he, He's not a two-pitch pitcher Well, he pitcher was now, a two-pitch right. pitcher was what but I was saying. Yes, to, he was a two-pitch pitcher. You need to have several pitch. pitches. You need to know how to get guys out creatively when you're in the major league. So I got that. Here's what I'd like to see. I would like to see Eloy come up and have his taste of the majors. I don't think that it hurts you in any way, and you bring him up in September. We've I've misspoke before, and it's still going to count a little bit against the service time, but bring him up and give him a taste. If he doesn't do well or he has some sort of struggle, you can easily justify in spring training next year saying he's still got a few things to work out that we saw in September, and you bring him up at the beginning of June, sure. and you still save him with the Super 2 status, sure. or the Super 2 status, and, and you move on, and you give people a little bit of taste here at the end. If he comes up and he's gangbusters, you just go, you know what? I'm keeping him up here. He's so good, he's going to be a part of my team for the next 10 years one way or another, and I'm not really going to be saving that much money because arbitration, all the control is is just arbitration. That's all it is, okay? If right. he's it's a superstar, not as if, it's not the arbitrator's going to give him $20 million a year. It's not as if the contract expires. Right. It's, it's like, the arbitration. It's the arbitration. Right. And so, so in the end, you're not going to save a ton of money if he's great. So, I, I, you know, it's it's six in one hand and a half dozen in the other. I'm curious as to what they're going to do because if they screw this up, I'm going to criticize them because it's my right as a fan. Like, if they bring him up and it's too early and he fails, you brought him up too early. If you bring him up, because seriously, I'll be what every White Sox fan is right now. There are people that are clamoring for him right now that they bring him up and he falls flat on his face. They're going to criticize him being brought up early. Right. If they if they don't bring him up and he and 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 he gets angry and one day he signs with somebody else and quotes that well they kept me down in the minors and it made me really angry or he goes out and gets a different agent okay or something like that that queers the deal because because uh, because of what this happened though the people people who had an opposite opinion will not will still criticize in the end it's all going to come down to what Han does it's all in his lap okay and I don't know if he if he's a great GM or not because I've yet to see him build something 
to the end. I like what he's doing, but I, I have no idea what's going to end up happening. So to me, I'm almost like an observer. I'm watching. I'm the watcher. I'm just sitting here and I'm saying, okay, if it were me and I was watching this, I'd bring him up and I'd give everybody a taste of him, but I'd also sit there and say, okay, cool. If he's gangbusters and it's totally worth it, let him come out, win the job in spring training, get the buzz around your team, go go dump, put a dump truck of money on Manny Machado's lawn in the offseason. This place will be full, okay? We got Eloy, we got Machado, we got Kopech, We've got we've got we've got guys getting a year older. You've got a buzz. Garcia, you see what back, I'm saying? Being healthy. See what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, like, so there's so there's, you're saying there's a lot of things. So you're saying doing. so you're saying there's really no harm then, Chris, in bringing him up right now and seeing the what only he can do. the only harm is if later on down the line you haven't won a World Series and your window's closing and you've run out of money and then somebody will sit there and say, well, you shouldn't have brought him up a year early because wouldn't you have loved that extra year of control? But that extra year of control is still going to be an arbitrator who would probably give him a ton of money anyway if he was really good. So, uh, like, that's the thing. I don't know what the right answer is, but I, I so I'm just really curious. Uh, to me, I have no problem with the fact they've held him down. I have no problem with that. And if they decide to wait until next year, I have no problem with that. If well, they bring him up in September, I have no problem with it. Well, I just want to I want to see results. Well, he hasn't been in Triple A that long. Right? He hasn't been in Triple A that long. He's only been in, you know, he only got promoted I think from Double A AA to Triple A just what right. within the past 4 and to you 6 given weeks a chance or whatever. For guys to adjust to him and you don't know. So give give him I'm not upset about the fact that he's not up yet. I'm just curious. It's a curiosity that I'm watching. You were talking about the 40-man roster, well, and then we kind of got on with... People are are, are looking at the call-ups, and every time they see a call-up, like a common thing now on White Sox Twitter, is that immediately people go, oh, they called up so-and-so, but Eloy's still down in the minors. Oh, they called up so-and-so, but Eloy's still down in the minors. Now, I don't think it has anything to do with Eloy in any way whatsoever why they're calling up the people that they're calling up. I've, I looked at the 40-man roster. And I looked at service time of every player on a 40-man roster. I looked at their options. And I looked at I looked at whether or not they're eligible, the people that are not on a 40-man roster, whether or not the people not on a 40-man roster are eligible for the Rule 5 draft in December, which is when other teams can poach you. Because you've spent so much time in the minor leagues that since you're not on a 40-man roster, you can be stolen off a team. It's like a draft where you can go and you can take players off of other teams. We have Rule 5 acquisitions on our team. Dylan Covey and Omar Navarez are both Rule 5 guys Okay, okay that we acquired. But there are guys who are close to Major League ready that you are going to have to fit on your team. Okay, Zebby Zavala. I love this guy. Right now he's the top catcher sitting down in the minor leagues in my mind. Okay. okay, and he's in which uh, level? He is, is currently he? in Triple A. Triple A. He has okay. moved up this year rapidly. Okay, to where he's past your big catcher that you that you, Zach Collins that was that is the man. Like, like he's like, oh, Zach Collins is gonna be great. Zach Collins, this Zach Collins is still in Double A. Zavala's past him. Wow. He's up in Triple A. Okay. okay, he's a guy that I envision could be on the team next year. He's a guy that did well in spring training. He could be Rule Five, and trust me, somebody is gonna take him. If you don't put him on the forty-man roster at some point during the offseason, because now, my- wait, wait, because why? Because Zavala has been in the minor league system, in our minor league system, for a very long time. He has he has been around long enough, okay, that and not seen the majors. He has to. He, he gets an opportunity. It's a way of stopping people from stockpiling too much talent, okay, and never letting them up. See what I'm saying? Got so it. your forty-man roster is protected. You could do whatever you want to with them. You can keep them in the minors as long as you want, okay. But your your guys that are off the forty man roster, 
they can be they can be poached after a certain period of time and service that they've do, had. Down do the we miners. know what that period of time is? I'd have to look that up for okay. you. I okay, don't have but that that's fine. No, it's not important. It's only I mean, a half just, hour podcast. That's fine. I I'd just go, was wondering. I go if through you, the rule five stuff. I was just wondering Let if me you look knew up it. the rule five rule. Hold on. No, it's okay. No, no, it's too late now. Too late now. This is straight out of Wikipedia, so you know it's true. Okay. Okay. Rule five draft <laughs> is a, yes, is right. a major league baseball player draft that occurs each year in September at the annual winter meetings of general managers. The rule five draft aims to prevent teams from stockpiling too many young players in their minor league affiliate teams when other teams would be willing to let them play in the majors. Uh, it's basically a draft to pull people up. That's what it is. So you uh, now let's see how long you have to be there. Uh, players are eligible for selection in the rule five draft who are not in major league organizations, 40 man roster and were 18 or younger on June 5th, preceding their signing. And this is the fifth Rule 5 draft upcoming where they would have been selectable. Or were 19 or older on the June 5th, preceding their signing. And this is the fourth Rule 5 draft upcoming. That's a little complicated, but essentially, you reach a certain age and you've seen too many Rule 5 drafts come and go where you are not eligible you now become eligible to be Rule 5 drafted. I guess it's the easiest, simplest way to say it. Right. So now looking at who you're going to have to worry about next year who are going to be Rule 5 eligible in December of 2018 where somebody can poach them, Zavala is one of them. Kopech is one of them. He's not on the 40-man roster. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jordan Stevens, pitcher that's down the minors, has been doing well. Okay. He's available. He, he's also Rule 5 And Spencer Adams. I've already named four guys that the White Sox may want to sit around and protect that are going to be available to other teams to poach in December of 2018. Now, there are a lot of other players here, but then there was one more interesting name than in December of 18. you got to make sure that you get on your team because somebody's going to grab him. Which is? Dylan Cease. Really? So you have, in my mind, up to five guys you have to add to your 40-man roster, which means you need to get rid of five players. So these guys are guys you're giving up on. If you look at the 40-man roster, at guys that are still down in the minors, there are not a lot of them we haven't seen yet. And I think... That at this moment, Han is saying, I need to see Ryan Lamar. Because if I don't, I he's gonna be on the chopping block when I've got to put guys on the 40 man roster. I've 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 need I need to see all my catchers. It was it was perfect timing that that Kevin Smith had to had to go on paternity leave because now you've seen all your catchers. See okay. what I'm saying? He's getting guys up here that are on the 40 man because even if it's only for a couple games, he wants to know. Okay. And I think that's what's going on here. So I think what's going on that people aren't paying attention to because you're on Kopech watch and you're on Eloy watch is that you're not realizing that there are guys that are getting called up right now to the majors that are getting their debuts that are those fringe guys on your 40-man roster that Han probably has highlighted as one of his eight or nine possibilities to be one of the five guys, four or five guys, that are going to be jettisoned from the 40-man roster within the next several months. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, Broadcast Basement, the Nudie's Basement, 
the broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Uh, you missed the last Hawk <laughs> Sunday home game where like him and Tom Pachorek just start talking about all of their dead drinking buddies. I, I and then like the Steve best. Stone and then that was the best. And then like Steve Stone and then like and then like Steve Stone is like Steve Stone Steve Stone is like just out of the clear blue yeah. like you like oh and Gonzalez is warming in the bullpen right, and right, he's got we, a uh, 3.2 ERA. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. He, he was, was like Hawk was could, like just like our friends just like our friend so and so just died and and Wimpy goes you mean you mean so and so so and so from such and such college Hawk says yep yep and he goes I didn't know he was dead, Hawkeroo. That's the first time I ever heard of that. Brain yeah, cancer. Yeah, brain cancer. It is the most morbid thing. And then there's just silence. And then Stone's, and then like, Steve Stone's like, Gonzalez warming in the bullpen. <laughs> it's a 2-2 game. I think, I'm sorry. Well, no, because you know what happened. But I think they should bring him back for every Sunday game. Here's, like, every Sunday they should just bring him, put him and Wimpy in there. Please, and they should put no, either Benetti or Stone no, to sit with them. No. And I, it's entertaining when it's every once in a while. It is. It's well, you know entertaining. What, you, know, you know what happened, Chris, was, because now I have a, my wife. It's entertaining. My wife at one point or you know my wife was in television at one point as a producer and she laughed her ass off because you she knew it right away she's like i guarantee you what happened stone has a producer screaming at him in his ear to make Say this something. stop please stop this socks in the basement <laughs> heard everywhere podcast can be found and always on socks in the basement.com oh uh, that's enough i got plenty yeah all right cool